Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to season three of the Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an Agile age. The Agile World podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. Today, we're going to talk about time as currency. While data has been called the new most valuable resource, the world keeps creating more and more data and information. We haven't yet found a way to make more time, which is why I believe it is the most valuable resource that exists. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome uh, Marlo Higgins, Chief Inspirational Officer and Coach, Author, Podcaster, and Entrepreneur. Marlo, hey, Greg, thank you so much for having me today. Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to talking. So uh, let's let's jump in here and talk about time as currency for a bit. Uh, so you're a three-time entrepreneur. Uh, you've coached many successful companies and entrepreneurs in your career. What have you learned about time management and prioritization that you think people need to more clearly You know, and that's a brilliant question. And, you know, you with the focus of being agile, you know, time is so important to so many of us. And, you know, when I was starting in 2005, I had an experience um, with my very first sales organization, 237 frontline people, right? That was a lot of people to prioritize. And the question that I was constantly being asked was, you know, as their leader was, you know, how should I be spending my time? And it's a great question. And I think so many people um, that are entrepreneurs and freedom seekers, you know, people who work independently, you know, we, we want to know what we can do and where we should be focused. And so I created a very specific um, thing to focus on that, you know, how to maximize time for achievement, because it's very important that we don't waste time, that we get really clear on what we need to do, what we need to focus on to get the outcomes that we're looking for. Yeah. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that entrepreneurs have about how they prioritize? Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised at this. I mean, that you have to hustle to succeed. But you know what? With the right systems, expectations, and accountability, you can have freedom. You know, I had a client who was a business owner, and we got him down to like 21 hours a week. And his business is not only growing, but it's thriving and succeeding. So, you know, you don't have to hustle, but you've got to get clear on what systems are in place, the expectations you have, and then hold yourself accountable to it. Are those systems, I mean, so you coach a a number of different people, worked with a lot of different companies. Are those, how unique are those systems to the individual or, you know, let's say the company culture and and how much is kind of a common, you know, most of the clients I work with, we find that um, being customized is the number one asset because we can't follow necessarily always a cookie cutter approach, but when we can listen to the individual or the business or the organization department, whatever, and say, okay, what is that core focus? And then let's match, you know, what systems are necessary. That's when the freedom and, you know, and the performance really ignites. Yeah, got it. So, you know, with so much talk, I don't think anyone disagrees with the idea that that there needs to be, you know, more productivity and efficiency. But, you know, so so many people are talking about this. Why do you think 
people and companies are still number so bad one at. word. It's overwhelm. You know, everything that you mentioned, you know, we just have so many distractions and we have to make decisions. And if we're not conditioned in this climate, we're going to quickly get overwhelmed. And when we're overwhelmed, we easily shut down. And so I think we're bad at productivity is because we have so many things that are happening. Now, the definition of overwhelm is unmade decisions. So if you are overwhelmed, the question, if you're listening to this, ask yourself, you know, what decisions do I need to make? And quickly, once you see that in black and white, you're able to approach it in a much productive way. And you can remove the overwhelm. You can really have laser clarity on what you need to do and then just start doing it. And then everything starts to get easier. Yeah. How does, uh, things like delegation and, uh, you know, kind of letting go of some of those things, how does that affect entrepreneurs? A big part, you know, um, that's when I say managing expectation, because what do you expect of yourself? I mean, if you're out there to be, you know, Superman, well, guess what? You're human. (laughs) And we can wear the cape for a while, but there comes a point where we just can't do everything. And the best way to leverage our time is to include our people and empower them to help you make decisions and to reach levels of performance. And I think together with a clear expectation that can highly be achieved. So your own career has adapted and uh, has been agile over time as well. Um, can you talk about your story and your start as an entrepreneur and shift to being um, what you're doing today? How's, how's this shaped your ability to be successful? As a coach? You know, I, um, my experience guides me. And so I don't expect anybody to do things that I've not already done for myself. And so integrity really stands tall, right? Um, because I've gone through experiences and I call myself a triple crown entrepreneur. And that simply means that in 2005, I helped um, with a startup company. I was VP of sales. That was my title. It was me. It was me and two other business partners. And we built a multi-million dollar sales organization. We did it in less than 36 months. We developed 39 states, opened up an uh, international market. And so I've had to teach myself how to do that. I had not done that before. And so that really led me into the space of being an entrepreneur where, you know, entrepreneurs have the path of most resistance and the path that is least charted. So when I say that, we really need to tune in to introspective, right? We need to find out who we really are and how we best operate. So I've taken that experience. I was able to rebrand another company in 2008. It was a six-year-old sales organization, and they just weren't firing off on all engines. They were not performing at their best. And so by implementing some simple systems, we took profits up 220%. We did it in 180 days. That's six months. And so it's just by plugging in some of the right things that I had learned from my first experience really ignited the performance in the rest. Um, And then 10 years ago, I stepped out and I launched my own personal brand. And so by removing, you know, um, being, you know, going to work for just one company, I continue to serve many companies and individuals in the space of performance and taking what, you know, everything that I've ever done. It makes me a really successful coach because it has allowed me to um, to help other people do some of the things that I had to figure out myself. And so, you know, 2016 came around. I'd been running hobby level in my business, you know, and that just meant that I wasn't really, you know, pushing it, but people were hiring me and it was going really well. But 2016, I stopped and I asked myself a core question that January. And I said, really, how am I supposed to serve? 
And the message that the universe sent back was like, get in front of people, right? So that for me said, okay, I'm going to launch a podcast. I'm going to write a book. We're going to do a YouTube channel. You know, we're going to take the brand to a whole nother level. And we've been able to successfully do that. And I'm right now in the works of publishing my second book. So, you know, everything just kind of, again, you got to listen to yourself, right? And just kind of ask yourself some key questions. What should you be doing? And I think you'll get the answers there. That's great. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting um, phenomena. I think that, you know, you mentioned as a, as an entrepreneur and, you know, three-time entrepreneur and doing all that, you learned a lot and um, through your own intuition and learning by doing right. I'm a, I'm a strong believer in that. And yet, you know, as a coach, you're able to help people through that experience. So how do, how do you kind of balance it almost seems like some of the some of the coaching and teaching needs to be teaching people how to think, not necessarily like there's plenty of, of amazing advice I know you're, you're able to give. But how much of your time would you say is teaching someone an abstract concept of like how to learn versus, um, you know, more? Oh, my God. Yeah. Advice? What you're talking about is mindset right? How to shift your mindset into a way that you can win. And I teach in what I call mantras. So I wrote the book, The Making of a Maverick, Building Champions in Business and in Life. And the core principles I teach in that book are through maverick mantras. Okay. Those mantras are those quick snippets, those things that you can tell yourself that quickly align you to have an outcome that's positive. For example, you're going to a sales meeting or you're going to pitch a proposal. And on the way, if you are in the car and you're telling yourself, everybody wants what I have to offer. Okay. That's a maverick mantra. Everybody wants what I have to offer. What happens is that mindset, that mental shift, you've already sold yourself on the fact that once you get in the room, they already want it. So you need to shift and just be able to ask for it because that has already conditioned you to say, hey, they want what I have, but let me just have a clear ask. When do you want to get started? Do you see the ease of that? It's just that simple. Yeah, no, that's great. I actually I have a speaking gig later today, so I'm going to take some of that with me uh, for that as well. So yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Well, so let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, the success boarding tool that you created for entrepreneurs. Um, can you give a little background, describe it, and, and explain? Absolutely, hundred percent. So, two thousand five, I started that first sales team, right? And I said two hundred thirty-seven people. That was a lot of people I needed to be managing and having conversations with. And what was happening um, within twenty-four months, two years later, two thousand seven what was happening is these conversations were quickly going into conversations that were negative, right? The sales team was feeling a lot of rejection. They were feeling a lot of failure, lack of passion. And so instead of like channeling the negative conversation of what's not going right, I said, okay, you have a two minute pity party, get it out, get the negative there because we need to speak it to get past it. But then I said, okay, I want you to shift and I want you to tell me everything that's felt good and everything that's went well over the last week. And that birthed the concept of success boarding. It's literally looking at the silver lining of what's going right, what's feeling good. And from those two positions, not like what achievements are happening, what results am I getting? But like, if you look at your last five days, you can easily write down three things that felt good. Now you start to anchor in those. You start to compound that. If you do three things a week over time, um, in a month, you have 12 to 15 wins or successes over 20 days of production, right? We don't work 30 days a week. We work 20, 12 to 15. That's a pretty (laughs) substantial amount of anchoring into what's going right, what's feeling good. And then that fuel takes you forward. Now there's three different levels. You know, I teach people how to speak their success, nothing less. 
not in a boastful spirit, but in a way that raises the bar because people want to work with other successful and busy people. If you're coming in and you know, you're kind of ho-hum, who's going to align with you? But if you can say with conviction, this is what's going right, people are going to onboard. You become tantalizing, polarizing, and your conversations are much more successful. Yeah. Well, you kind of spoke to this a, a bit already, but what what are the kind of results that you're targeting for um, for people like measurements and, and things like that that um, that that those who are using are, are getting? Yeah. Okay. So you know, what does success look like for my clients is basically what you're asking. You know, they they have more time, yeah, yeah. they have greater peace, they operate with a plan, they've got clarity, they're no longer spinning in circles. And so I've got three very specific um, stories that you know and measurable outcomes based on my client success. So you know. Three specific outcomes is, um, you know, based on my clients taking it, I took a three-year marketing company, right? They weren't making more than $42,000 a year, and they'd been doing it for 36 months. Well, in less than six months, we took and increased sales over $225,000 because they were implementing some of these strategies and just literally what you talked about. It's the way they were thinking, right? And so they were kind of hitting a bar spinning in circles, but we said, okay, if you implement some of these core things, you can have a game-changing business. I also worked with a CEO of a startup to better close business. And in 72 hours, he closed more than $90,000 in sales towards their half million dollar goal. What that was, it was three sales at 30,000 each. He did that in three days because he shifted his mindset. You know, it was him just going into those interactions completely different. Like I said, you know, everybody wants what I have to offer. So instead of, you know, going and trying to sell somebody, we just started asking for the business and everything changed for him. So that was a, you know, a second example. And I think one of the biggest ones, I aligned with a small business and they desired to build out a five-year growth plan, right? Like kind of the big picture. But upon working together, we met that five-year plan and we did it in five months, having exponential growth with a sustainable business plan. The only reason is, we go back to that factor of time. You know, if you allow yourself five years to get there, you're going to take five years to get there. But I said, hey, just imagine if you did this in five months, what would that look like? She said, you know, nobody's ever challenged me like that. So we did it. She had the, you know, the, uh, the outcome. And those are just a few examples of things that have really happened because of the principles that I teach as a coach. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I can, um, the five-year thing resonates. It's like we kind of give, we give things the space that, um, or we allow things the space that they're able to take up or, you know, something like that. So in, in that case, um, what, what were some of the blockers? Cause I think a lot of people kind of operate under that, the, you know, they may say, well, I'm good with a deadline. And so the deadline kind of dictates the, the, the length of how long it takes them to be successful or something. How did you, could you give a little more insight on like, how did you work? What were some of the initial roadblocks that you had to kind of overcome? Yeah. You know, here's the one thing too, is we, you know, chasing the goal is actually chasing a feeling that a goal gets us. And so instead of saying, that's my five-year goal, I said, rather, how do you want to feel about your business? And she said, well, I just want to feel growth. Like, I just want to feel like my business is building. I said, okay, well, then that's the feeling that we're going to go for. We're going to match the goals that we have and the actions around that feeling of growth. So that was just one of the clear things, Um, you know, and defining what money meant because this person, you know, really is a service-based individual and they just really knew that the money, um, the meaning of money, it was comfort. 
And so I just said, okay, don't chase yeah. the money. Don't want more money. Just go for more comfort. Again, it's the mental shift that happens. And so she didn't feel gross or icky about the money. Of course, she needs that because we need it to be profitable, right? In business as entrepreneurs. Right, but she right. said, you know, I'm looking for the comfort. I'm looking for the comfort of paying the bills, um, keeping the overhead cost, everything. It just got more comfortable. And so those are just some quick little booster shots for your listeners on how we arrive at those things. And you hear it's very peaceful, it's very energizing, very empowering. And I just love what I do. And I love the clients I serve. That's great. Yeah. And it, it, and it shows from, um, you know, from just you describing that that's, that's so great. Well, one, one last question before we wrap up here for those out there, uh, you know, what advice would you give to somebody that, that might be feeling stuck? And so, you know, it could be stuck in a job. It could be stuck in, um, with a, a company that they're trying to get off the ground or, you know, someone just trying to considering a move, um, you know, what are some of the first steps they can take to see, if change. Yeah. Right you know, and that's a big one. Change is scary, you know, and I think first off is your mindset, like just say, embrace it, just allow yourself peace with your, you know, with your choice. And the big part I think is to stop the overthinking. When I said, you know, the definition of overwhelm is just unmade decisions, sit down and vet the decisions that you have to make today, you know, and it doesn't have to be a laundry list, but if you were to pull five, you know, three to five um, core decisions that you need to make, you're immediately going to help that decision of change and leveraging into something different. And then my last biggest piece of advice is trust that you're going to figure it out. Because I'll just give you permission right now, you've gotten this far in the decisions you've made. And so you just got to continue to trust yourself and build the confidence that it takes to make the decision and execute on it. Do you think for you, um, did that get easier over time? You know, so you're, you're a three-time entrepreneur, like, did you have like looking back, you know, was it easier the third time versus the first time and, and, and stuff like that? Is the, is it kind of like a muscle that gets built or how do you? How oh do you yeah. I mean, that? yeah, we condition ourselves, right? So success boarding is, you know, we strengthen our positive optimistic muscle. That's exactly what that strategy does. So it's like going to the gym, you know, we get better at it, the more time that we give it and things do become a lot easier for us. And I think, you know, um, yeah, I've always just given myself a lot of trust. And have I failed a lot? You bet. Have I gotten myself into situations that were tough? No question. We all do. Nobody's immune to that. But your resilience and your bounceability, literally, like that's going to be your game changers. Like how fast can you get back up on your feet after a setback or after, you know, something else? So I'm going to share this mantra because this is something I've heavily lived with as an entrepreneur. A setback is a setup for a comeback. So when I say that, if you've experienced a setback in your business or in your life, look at it as a setup and know that your greatest comeback is coming because you've had it. So let that infuse you and give you the motivation to make the decision and, and go for the change. Yeah, I love that. Well, Marlo, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, for those listening, uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? and, and Oh, thank you, you so much, Greg. You know, I also have a podcast, which you get to be a featured guest on, and we offer 22 Motivational nice. Minutes with Marlo. And, you know, we created that podcast as a booster shot of knowledge to help passionate entrepreneurs condense an hour of research into 22 minutes of powerful conversation, just like what you're doing here, Greg. So, you know, go on over to pod, um, 22 Motivational Minutes. You can also download Download a formula that um, helps you with mastery of time and clarity, and you can get that free download at go 
go.marlohiggins.com. And you can also visit our website, marlohiggins.com and catch me up on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Marlo Higgins for joining the show. Uh, Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.